Okay. So, hello. We're here and with Voices of the World. We are going to start today having one of the last interviews for this series of the COVID in Belgium. I have my friend here, uh, Rebecca, that is going to join me for a couple of uh, half an hour to talk about her experience through the COVID pandemic. So, Rebecca, if you just want to quickly introduce yourself, what you do, how long have you been living here? Well, I guess you're Belgian, so... <laughs> In a long time, I'm living in Belgium, to be honest, like more than 40 years. <laughs> Born and raised in Brussels, I guess. Yes, in Brussels, right. So um, I'm born here. <laughs> so 40 years in Belgium. Uh, I'm working for the uh, Development Corporation uh, right now. Uh, it's an agency that is uh, responsible to implement the uh, Belgian project uh, within Africa. Uh, yes. And I'm managing the finance. I'm head of controlling. And your projects are about education or any type of development? Uh, any type of project that match with the uh, different governments, uh, if it's education, if it's agriculture, if it's health, uh, could be digitalization, uh, all kind of uh, project. Um, and we are talking with the governments uh, to know what are their priorities and we're trying to align with our priorities, Belgian one, and the one of the government we are, are working with. Mm. So it sounds like when the, so I guess my, I'm curious, I, I wanted to interview because I thought it was curious how, you know, when we started all working from home and I know that you traveled extensively around Africa and because you needed to go see, I guess, your colleagues, your teams. Um, how was it? Like, how did it start? Did you guys just like started working from home? How did it was all this, the new working life implemented for you? <laughs> uh, well, at the beginning, it was a bit like everything was stuck. And it was a bit, uh, it was more than frustration. We were all a bit sad because we were totally it was like everything was frozen and we were not able to move and to see each other, to meet each other. But um, it was also an opportunity because uh, it opened some doors uh, and uh, windows uh, <laughs> just to know that um, we can do things di differently. So we had to find other ways to work together uh, because we cannot uh, stay without context for a long time. Um, so we had to uh, reflect uh, together how can we work together. And so those tools we are now on Zoom or Teams or those kind of things, we were not using it at all. Uh, nothing at all? Not nothing even... at all. No, we were traveling in person. We were going to the country using extensively the planes. So that was not good. Uh, <laughs> CO2 emission. Yeah. Too much emission. We were paying for the emission. We compensated. <laughs> but uh, still, it's not good. So it was also, we learned to work differently, which is good. But also we learned that uh, it's not replacing everything. We cannot work that way through screens every time because... Um, we need uh, the contact, human contact. We need to um, be able to talk about things together around the table. Uh, you cannot solve every situation being through screen. Mm. We had to do it during one year and a an half. 
but uh, as soon as we could get the vaccine, as soon as we were able to go through uh, the borders and uh, it was okay, we all jumped in the plane <laughs> and uh, went back on, on the field. But still now there's uh, remaining uh, a part of our meeting uh, of gain in quality because we see each other. We have installed within our office all kind of videos, uh, features to be able to, to work together. And so there is a gain of quality within a meeting, uh, which is good. But also we have learned that some kind of uh, um, meeting have to be face -to -face. physical face to face and we have yeah. to be there to to discuss some things and that you can solve some um issue without being on on field on the field it's it's interesting that you actually you you use the camera all the time with your colleagues you no try? we do yeah How you because, do uh well Sometimes it doesn't work. Uh, so sometimes the connection is very bad. But we try uh, to say hello just to, to have a, yeah, a visual, a talk, just a visual to know how other people. And then we just uh, cut it um, because it's not always possible. It's kind of uh, demanding to have those uh, uh, broad, um, how do you say it, bande passante. Yeah, that. so the actual internet broadband, like yeah, the strength exactly. that we would have in Europe, is not the same in certain location. I guess not everywhere. So, Africa, yeah, yeah, not everywhere. So we're trying to have this visual contact, which is very important, and it changes a lot within the relation. So it's and good. usually the meetings, like you need to have a face to face because you need to see the project, you need to see the people you're gonna sponsor. Is it like? Is because there's some cultural aspects to it too, or do you think that it was? Um, good question. Uh, I don't know whether it's <laughs> cultural or not. Uh, it's just that maybe um, I need it uh, because uh, I went to Guinea just uh, before all the political uh, problems we, we're facing right now. But I've been there early July and we had some HR uh, issue. We had to solve some things and to uh, with the teams and having the people in front of you, being able to go to the project and talk to the team within the work environment, it changed a lot the message you delivering. Mm. That's the the main uh, the main thing. Uh, culturally, maybe, uh, but uh, I don't think I think everybody is a bit like um, loving this new digitalized thing, and it's yeah. very hype. Uh, being able to talk that way and uh, being part of the new world. Uh, so in, in the beginning, it were a lot of enthusiasm and also um, some endurance uh, from the old fashioned. Uh, yeah, yeah. Always the pushback people, I guess. Yes. Uh, but but you still. Because also your colleague in Africa, I guess they also had to work from home, right? So they also had to stay home. Or was um, it different country to country? There was like. A different. It was different. We were we were more uh, blocked here in Belgium than some in some countries in Africa. So, uh, in some countries, they were uh, in Rwanda, for example, they were totally blocked. In Uganda, also, but uh, in other country, it was uh, in Congo. They had just they had just stopped all the flies from uh, a region to another, and the people were able to go to the office, but. Um, Working from home is not possible in Africa for everybody. It's just that uh, people that are coming to our office, uh, they not necessarily have a, lap a laptop or they don't have a good connection at home 
are they don't have sufficient space to be able to work at home. So we couldn't demand our staff to stay home for working. Um, so we had to find a way to organize. Uh, and so we had different shifts within the office, different hours to be sure that there were not too much people. We were imposing the mask because everywhere in Africa, sometimes the mask is uh, uh, a fashion uh, a fashion thing to to wear on your on your chin not really on your mouth i know so did you notice um, that when you were there recently <laughs> well it's not i didn't notice it it's uh, the director of congo that told me that was uh, the last fashion thing to do okay <laughs> is to wear your mask on your chin i believe him <laughs> um so it was a bit uh, difficult we we couldn't like uh uh, if you are an expatriate, generally, you have a house, you have a good connection, you are able to work from home. But if you're a local staff, uh, it's much more difficult. Um, um, so we were supposed to, um, as I said, organizing with shifts, but also giving the opportunity to the people to come to the office to have those connections available. Um, so... There's no lockdown as such. If it's mm. lockdown, it's just that they're not working. They can't really work. And yeah. did you find that this extra coordination, you were at home basically most of the time, I mean, I know. So this extra coordination gave you extra headache. <laughs> like you had to rethink your way to work, rethink the way of the safety of the people that you were working with. So it must have been... A bit of a struggle at the start rethinking everything did you do it like with the help of other colleagues uh, well uh oh i mean i'm not in charge of that aspect logistically so i have uh, my uh, my team on field that are responsible for that uh and uh hopefully uh it gives me a lot of worries because i was worried for the staff and the people i know uh, uh because i was a bit worried that uh they get uh, contaminated and um, and get sick. But uh, otherwise, logistically, I was not uh, the, the person to organize all that. Uh, yes, so, I was just um, uh, trying to manage the consequences of not having the information or not having the financial information on time or uh, not being able to talk to X, Y, Z or whatever, um, just to explain um, here uh, to the others why it was impossible to get those information and why it was why we were stuck in those kind of projects and you have to more my role was more to manage the consequences be sure that the people uh, had the budget available if they need to uh, fly away or if they need uh, medical assistance or that kind of stuff but i was not in the crisis cell uh, to organize everything logistically. Uh, they were just for some things uh, um, asking whether it was possible, uh, whether it was according to rules and whether they could go uh, that way or not. But I, I had a easy role there, really. Mm. And personally yourself, how did you find like interacting with your colleagues that every day you used to see in your office and then suddenly you're at home and you're um, like, Nobody's coming over to ask me questions. <laughs> I can actually do work. Uh, well, I remember we mentioned this in one time that people kept coming well, into your office. Yeah, they, they, and, and I love it, uh, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> Having people coming to my office asking questions and uh, that they don't leave me time to breathe. Um, at the beginning, I was 
uh, it was worse because uh, every every people was trying to contact me another way. So uh, we were introducing Teams, and they had my phone number, and they have the mails, and they have Skype, and we are all kind of tools. And if you were not answering to a mail, they were trying to call you on your phone. If you're not answering on your phone, they were trying to Teams. And it was like a nightmare because I was like constantly, it was worse than when I was at the office. So at the beginning, it was like, okay, it's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> so it was like bombardment, like every corner. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, at the beginning, I was uh, very tired of managing all those kind of interaction is, okay, I'm, I want to give you an answer, but I'm not able to talk to five people on different subjects at the same time. So... It, it also took time because the, our organization has to organize also to be able to, okay, which are going to be the, the, the tools we are going to use. So stop with WhatsApp, stop with Skype, stop with this one. We are going to use one tool. This is going to be the tool we interact through. Uh, and then also to adapt to my team here in, in Brussels because uh, I'm managing 12 people here in Brussels directly. And just to say, okay, if I'm not answering the phone, it's maybe because I'm busy with something else. So don't be worried. I'm coming back to you, I promise. But um, just to have some, you know, the rule of the games. And also they ask me saying, okay, we don't see each other uh, too much. Uh, we need to, because I'm not quite uh, the kind of person to organize meeting to just to talk. So in general, they know that they, they just come to my office, they raise their question, I'm trying to find an answer, and then we go. And there they, they told me, okay, we don't have enough interaction. We need a meeting at least weekly. We need once a week to meet everybody together because we missed that. So they told me, okay, we need it. So I was grateful, I uh, was thankful for that because at the beginning I wasn't aware of that. No, not at all, because they asked it. It was a good idea. So no, we maintain it. Uh, we go back to the office because we're supposed to go back two days a week. And we maintain that that uh, appointment together. Once a week, we're meeting physically at the office together, face to face, like human beings. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like human beings, not MS Teams beings. <laughs> sure. And uh, did you find, for example, I found that some of the colleagues they acted differently, or they were sometimes maybe a bit more stressed, or be more strange in the new situation <laughs> it's like i don't know um Stress, yes uh from being uh out of the uh out of the circle some people of my team thinking that they are not part of the team anymore uh feeling that they are out of it that they don't have enough interaction so and some of them uh thinking they have too much um but in a way, it was much more difficult to adapt with the people working in Belgium than with the people working abroad, because in general, we are with this distance and we are finding ways to communicate in a way or another. So having Teams or Zoom or whatever was a good thing because it kind of gets us closer. But with Belgium, uh, in Belgium, it was like we have more distance than with Africa at the moment, because we were like, we had no, we, we didn't have those habits of communicating differently than being at the office and talking to each other with a coffee or without a coffee. And it was like- You had to had relearn, to, you had to yeah, relearn. Absolutely. It was uh, all, all steps of uh, um, learning and growing together saying, okay, that's okay for us. That's not okay for us. We want to work that way or not. 
and that was very interesting. And some of the things we had are good things, like we meet once a week. <coughs> Sorry. Others um <coughs> go. Give me a minute. Others, we are going to get rid of it. Like, stop calling me uh, every morning <laughs> at nine. I won't answer anymore. <laughs> I'm at the office. I'm having a coffee with colleagues. You see? So, uh, also, what I liked is uh, going to the office, walking to the office, having this uh, moment of um, I'm going out of home. I'm walking, I'm going to the office, and then I'm at the office. I'm available for my colleagues fully. And then so I'm, go you I'm walking off. Yeah, yes. you reassess the fact that you were present somewhere, that you're going to enjoy this walk because it was something that you never thought it was going to be enjoyable. To do. Uh, not taking the metro to be even safer, maybe, or whatever it might be. But yeah, and how did you find it yourself? What did you discover about yourself that you? through your like period of semi-isolation, let's say at home. <laughs> yeah, I need to move. <laughs> yeah, that's what um, you move the most. Yes. Exercise. Uh, exercise and um, um, to organize my time to not just sit uh, behind a screen uh, because at the beginning I was working, 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 working. And then I realized, okay, but I haven't seen uh, the sun or I haven't been walking or doing nothing else than being sitting on that chair and working. Um, and then I, I discovered that it was uh, like very, uh, it was very important for me to uh, being outside at least one hour a day, uh, whether it's raining or whether it's sunny, I don't care. I, I need to walk or do something outside. It's really part of my balance. Um, and being, neglecting that, that, um, at the beginning because I didn't know that I didn't realize that in fact when you're going to the office you're walking and then you, you're walking a lot when you are at the office you know you, you're going to see colleagues you're going to to pack something uh, to uh, you, I don't know you're going to pack to, to, to grab a coffee you, you, you're you meeting somebody you're going to the reception you're doing things you, you're moving you go a lot and then, you go to yeah, lunch you go to you lunch you take lunch absolutely you do take lunch not in front of your screen and um you had to recreate that uh, being at home with no colleagues, no uh, trigger to get up or go for lunch or whatever, uh, go for a coffee. So I, I just recreated everything like a bit artificial at the beginning, like forcing me of like, going out or forcing me of walking around the area, which uh, is a good area, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Point and, of view, yeah. <laughs> and all this uh, is to... to, to to discover that, okay, I need to move. Uh, I need to talk to other people that my uh, colleagues <laughs> on a day, on a daily basis. I need to have other interaction that professional interaction. I need to discuss about things that are not important at all, also with colleagues, because we are lost this um, uh, informal talk that we have. A, you True. have a kind of teams and then you have 10 people coming and then you focus on the objective of the meeting, blah, 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 but you don't like, uh, having those uh, informal talks you have at the beginning of a meeting yeah, when you like arrive with your chat, coffee. Yeah. yeah. How are you? What are you doing? Your children, blah, blah, blah. So this is important too. Yeah. I found that at, at one point after the second lockdown, I just didn't want to talk to anyone anymore. I just kind of like, 
I felt that it was a massive effort psychology, psychologically to try to talk to people, especially my family. I just thought, oh my God, how much energy do I need like to, what were we going to talk about? And also, I don't know if you experienced it. Did your conversation always start with COVID? How many cases did you have? What is it like the same crap? When you were not talking about work, it was about the cases and the possible vaccination. And I felt there was no escape, but I don't know. And then the cooking, the cooking was in constant. It was like, oh my God, I'm so looking forward to a restaurant. I don't know. That were my struggles. So I know you also cook, but um, you, your life seemed more balanced than mine. <laughs> like I was like, I don't want to talk to anyone really. And then when I talked to someone else, okay, that was fine. It wasn't too bad. So I thought I self-diagnosed sort of maybe slightly depressed, <laughs> but I don't know if it was true or not. <laughs> but I see that it seems that your life was a little bit more balanced than mine. <laughs> um, no, the cooking things and all the, um, what comes with the fact that you are at home is uh, like, uh, when you are at the office, uh, the coffee is ready. Uh, when you go for lunch, you just go out and you grab a sandwich or you sit on the terrace and it's ready. Uh, here I had to go for shopping and I have for the groceries and then I had to cook and then I have to pay attention to, to, to have uh, enough food in the fridge and blah, blah, blah. So it was like another full other organization. And it took me some time to and a lot of energy to be honest uh, yeah yeah that's what i'm saying to be able to manage all that kind of stuff and now i'm happy to be at the office because uh, it gives you a break right yes it does <laughs> i don't have to cook i don't have to think what i should cook because i don't have a menu in mind <laughs> like i don't know let's have a salad <laughs> but i i added not a, no i have a good addresses uh for all the food that can be delivered to your place uh. So you're going super easy. <laughs> yeah, because I needed break. And then I realized I have to stop cooking. I have to, to have a break. And at lunchtime, I have to sit and have something to eat um, just to comfort me because uh, uh, food comfort me. So I did, I did uh, a lot of research to have uh, like good <laughs> restaurant delivering good foods uh, to have it at home and quickly of uh, good quality. So yes, that was also a challenge. Yeah, Ella. It was a, I remember you sent some of those things, but some of those suggestions, yes, yes. I never took it on. I just, oh, no, I have to think about this too. No, I can't. <laughs> I don't know. It was just a click. <laughs> just one click. Just one click. <laughs> but, yeah, so I guess what did you learn all of it from all of it all? What do you think now that now we're moving on with our lives and you took the first plane you could to go away? <laughs> What is there is left, I guess, in your thoughts? Do you think you will ever forget this? I don't know if I'll ever forget this experience. I don't know whether I'm traumatized or not, but uh, I think the human being forget easily things when uh, mm. life comes back. So um, I don't know. Um, I'm, I, I just have a little doubt about uh, it's. it is the last time we are facing that kind of stuff. I'm a bit afraid that it's just first step of a long story of uh, yeah. something that we see it it's not finished uh, yeah maybe here we're not aware of that but we should be because in brussels is not really like we are mastering everything but in africa is not finished um yeah uh, most of the population is not vaccinated so 
Uh, I don't know. Uh, I know that when I'm going there, uh, we lost some 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 guys in our team. So uh, because they couldn't uh, be uh, welcome, they couldn't be like uh, in a structure where they, they could be uh, they could get the right treatment. So uh, this situation still exists, and it has nothing to do with COVID. Uh, it's something that we're facing. Like um, it's inequality generally, and we're going through it. In a and way. it's going to be worse and worse because when you're seeing that uh, in America and Europe, we are going all maybe to get a third shot, a uh, fourth one, uh, that we are going to have a year- yearly vaccine. And that in Africa, they don't have even the first one uh, because uh, for several reasons, because they don't have a stock, because they don't want to be vaccinated, because uh, there's some uh, communication. Conspiracy is- theories also. For example, there's a really uh, strong conspiracy theory uh, um, in several countries, but uh, there hasn't been the right communication. The government that probably does not one of their priority also. So inequality is just getting worse. And I think that those kind of crises makes me realize that um, uh, being born in that uh, side of the world is a, is a good thing, but uh, uh, it's uh, when we're facing a kind of pandemic for me it's the first time but it's not the first time in the world history there there were been uh, other previously there had been a lot of dead people also uh and if you has... think of if you think of ebola in uh, they had also that was a massive pandemic too for them Absolutely. they isolated it but yeah it's still and it was better managed, to be honest, because it never reached uh, that kind of a uh, worldwide story. So yeah, uh, we were not good. <laughs> <laughs> we were not good, but it was also a different type. Like Ebola is like through body liquid, I think, like to saliva, to blood, yeah. and this one was airborne, so it was a little bit more difficult to manage. Um, but yeah, but we didn't do such a good job for sure. And the question but I is, don't think, you know, the question is, I'm not sure I want to take something with me from that story. I just want to put it down and say, okay, oh, really? It. Yeah, I, I want to go and see in the future what can be done to um, to improve everybody's like everybody's life, but just not a vaccine or something, just inequalities for, for sure. Mm. How they treat people in general. Mm. <sighs> Yeah, so I don't want to keep you any longer. I know you have to work. So <laughs> I want to thank you for giving me your time today to me and to the voices of the world. And yeah, thank you for being with us. You're welcome.